Welcome to the Element of Surprise. My name is Chadwick J. Suet. This is the Element of Surprise, the mentally irregular podcast. Welcome back. Welcome to 2022. Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, you can find us on uh, Podbean. That's our hosting site. EOS, mentallyirregular.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com backslash EOS Mentally Irregular, um, as well as anywhere podcasts can be found, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, Audio Boom, things like that. Um, okay, let's get right into it. As I uh, am so fond of saying, you don't need fortune, you don't need fame, you don't need a credit card to ride this train, and this train's about to go off the rails, so let's get right to it. Um, got some things I'm going to get into with you guys in this episode. Uh, one of which is a promise I made to the listeners. Sorry, that's me opening papers. Uh, which is what I'm going to do three word stories. I asked you guys to give me three words, and I'm going to concoct a story for you out of those three words um, at a later point in this episode. But first, I want to talk about the lady that lives across the street from the house I live in. Um, let's go back in time. Let's take a jaunt back to December 26th. 2021, the day after just this past Christmas, the day after Christmas, I'm going to say that again, the day after this Christmas that just passed, we wake up, we're going about our business, I'm preparing for work, and we look outside, and from where our living room window is, if you look straight across the street, you could see the lady's house, and I've talked about her before, she's the one that had the enough um, hanging plants in her fucking front porch that it made it look like the jungle and I thought she was trying to lure the predator monster in there for sexual intentions but um she's doing something else again December 26th the day after Christmas she's got people coming in in white van windowless white vans and they're unloading just all the possible Christmas decorations that you could possibly imagine and they're just setting them up right then and there day after Christmas they're setting up fucking, there was a sleigh with some reindeer, some fake reindeer, and they had uh, presents that lit up in it. She's got large, you know those like, you remember in the Wizard of Oz, the, the you know, the munchkins that were the lollipop guild, and they had those lollipops that were the big circles that swirl around, and they're all rainbow colored. She's got lollipops like that hanging up around her house like lining her driveway around the porch she has the reindeer with the plants she's got tinsel she's got wreaths she's got the whole man i'll I'll tell you what no house i've ever seen made me feel more like it was ready for christmas except she's doing this the day after christmas that's when she's starting to decorate she's not pre-decorated for Christmas, and now these people are taking it down, she has begun decorating now. It's the day after Christmas, and she's like, you know what I gotta do? I gotta put up those decorations, because next Christmas will be here before you know it. So, they just keep adding more decorations all the way, and I track this, all the way until the 8th of January. They just keep adding decorations. Um, The reindeer in the sleigh, I'm sad to say, didn't make it all the way through. Um, it was about three days after they, the reindeer and sleighs were up that she was backing into her driveway after pulling out of her driveway the entire 30 feet she had to drive to go to the mailbox and get her mail and then backing back in that she hit one of the reindeer 
and put it out of its misery. Put me out of my misery a little bit too. Um, but she just left the reindeer there. So what it looked like to my eyes, I wake up in the morning, I come downstairs, I'm getting ready for work, I'm drinking my morning cup of coffee, I look out the window, my living room window across the street, and there's a sleigh full of presents and just one suffering reindeer, just broken and mangled, laying out in her fucking driveway, and she's just fine with that. And she lit it up every day. Now, I've noticed since then, as I record this, it's January 29th, she started taking down the decorations... Um, little by little, not not all of them, but little by little she started removing them, so I don't know what the fucking um, candlesticks and lollipops and all that were for if she's just going to take them down. Um, there's also, I want to talk a moment about the guy in the van who was just showing up for that week and a half and just unloading new decorations because he was showing up in like a white windowless van. This was like, you ever see the meme that's a van, it's like a rusty old white rape van, and it's hanging out down by like under a bridge, and it just has free hugs spray painted on the side of it? And the, the meme says, oh yeah, that looks legit. That's, that was this van. Take away free hugs and just have it say Christmas decorations. I'm like, yeah, I bet that's full of Christmas decorations. And it actually was. It was legitimate. Now, she needed this guy in his fucking rape van to come help her set up decorations because she's been wearing on her one leg for the past three years one of those air cast boots because her leg is just perpetually broken. Just no matter what happens, her leg is just mangled beyond repair, I'm assuming, because every time I see her, she's got one of them boots on, unless she's crossing the road to help the old lady that lives in the house next to us. In that case, her leg's fine, so I definitely know she's committing some form of insurance fraud, but you never otherwise see her without the air cast or the air boots, so Rape Van needs to come hang up her Christmas decorations uh, two days after Christmas to make sure that her house is, looks festive in case anybody drives by, she doesn't look like a curmudgeon. It's got to have candles, giant candlesticks and lollipops and a uh, reindeer with a, a sleigh with a reindeer that she ran over with her car to uh, make sure that all the after-Christmas festivities are there. Um, yeah, it, I fucking hate people like that. Just, oh, well, I've got to decorate for Christmas now. It's after Christmas. Helga, I know, I still gotta put it up though, we don't want people thinking I am a curmudgeon. You are a curmudgeon. You've got, I'm, I'm assuming, just air for a leg because you've worn one of them air boots for fucking three years. Your, your leg is like, you remember in Scary Movie 2, the guy with the little hand? And he put his hand in the mashed potatoes? No, don't take that one, it's not strong enough. Take my strong hand, Chris Elliott. That guy, that's her one leg, I'm assuming. Um, but yeah, I had to just open up the year by talking uh, talking about that. And my, my goal <clears throat> is to, again, she hasn't removed all the decorations yet. My goal is just to see exactly how long there's, until all the Christmas decorations are gone. And on that date, I'm going to mark the date, and then I'm going to calculate the days between December 26th and whatever that date is, and that's how long she will have decorated for not Christmas. Moving on, there has been a customer that has been coming into my work lately. Um, who I feel that I have to talk about. You know how in today's modern age, I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, you guys are probably, most of you listening to this right now are probably listening on a, some sort of cell phone or uh, iPod or something in your car. You know, you can just stream music and everything everywhere. So I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that you're all aware of the technolo technologically uh, advanced world we live in. 
And because of that, I'm sure, sure that most of you know about spam emails and spam text messages and what those are. Well, not this one guy who comes into my work because he doesn't have a fucking clue what those were. So the man comes in about, uh, again, it's, December, it's January 29th, so he came in about a week and a half ago for the first time. And he comes up to me and he says, uh, hey, maybe you can help me. And I say, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. What, what, can, what can I help you with? He goes, I've been getting these texts from people. I don't know who they are. They're saying that my phone has got viruses, like eight viruses. Is that the truth? And who are these people? And how do they get my phone number? I'm like, those are just spam. You can ignore them. I said the word spam, and the look that crossed this guy's face was as if a fucking dimensional portal had just opened in front of him and squid creatures had stepped out. He looked like, the, like he was in shock. The world that he had known and lived in up until that moment that I said the word spam just shattered in front of him, and he was now faced with a very real and scary world that he didn't understand. He goes, what, 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 what spam? I want to point out right now that this man was maybe 65. It would be okay if he was like 80, like in his 80s or above. They probably, you know, that I get that. The severe, the super elderly don't really know what spam is. They just be like, oh, I don't understand it. This guy was maybe 65, you know. And me being about ready to turn 39 here in less than a month, that means that he was aware of technology as it was coming along. He was in his 30s when the internet first came. He was in his 40s when smartphones and shit like first came out and cell phones and stuff. So he knows what the fuck the world is. He knows about the technology. But the words, the spam text messaging and spam emails, just that's a scary new thing for him. He's like, what is spam? So then I have to take 25 minutes out of my day to explain what spam is. He goes, oh, okay. And then he leaves. Two days later, he comes back in. He goes, hey, it's me. Do you remember me? I'm like, yeah, you we're having the issues with spam. He goes, oh, maybe you can help me. I'm like, do my best. You know, they noticed the first time I said, I'll do my best. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm willing to give this guy help. The second time he comes in, I'm like, I'll do my best as if I'm not, I'm not, my heart's not in it. I know what it's going to be. It's going to be spam. And that's what it was. He, he proceeds to open his text message folder and his email and thrust his phone at me. He's like, can you tell me which ones are the spam? First off, my job description is not go through your personal information. Nothing about that says that I'm supposed to do that. If I wanted to go through people's personal information, I'd work for the CIA. I wouldn't work for fucking, you know, the company I work for. I almost said the name, Jesus Christ. I wouldn't work for the cell phone company I work for. Um, but yeah, he, he wants me to now go through all his personal shit to tell him what is and what is not spam. Like, I fucking know. I don't know who the fuck any of his fucking contacts are, so something that says it's from Elda could be spam, it could not be spam. I don't fucking know. On top of all of this, while I'm going through asking him if he knows this person, oh, you don't? Okay, then that is spam. He will not shut up about random facts about birds. He will just not shut up about it. He's like, yeah, I don't really like, uh, you know, I don't, I used to have, I just had a flip phone up until my daughter got me this one. 
But, you know, I, I only really use it to go on YouTube, and I watch documentaries about birds. Did you know the blue-footed booby is kind of a pelican, but not really a pelican? Hey, is that one spam? Okay, good. Yeah, it's kind of a pelican, and he just starts fucking unloading fucking facts about birds at me. And what in the fuck is this? What? At what point in time did I sign up for... Hey, let's have old people ask me about things they don't understand while they ramble about birds. At what point in time does my job description fit that? It's like, oh yes, uh, you know, make sure that you sell the cell phones, make sure you push the accessories and our uh, our hot products, and also uh, take uh, 45 minutes out of your day to delete an, an old man's spam and listen to him talk to you about birds and pelicans and shit like that. Oh, okay, why well, I, I must have missed that one whenever I was signing up for the job. Oh, it's very important. You need to do that one. That's the most important aspect of your job is listening about facts about birds from random fucking old men in Murraysville. But yeah, he, he had no idea what spam was. And as he's making me go through all his stuff, and I'm trying, I'm very politely, I'm like, okay, well, now you got the gist of it. You, you should be able to figure it out from here. He's like, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think I can handle it from here. Yeah, did you know there's three types of, um, there are three types of, God, I can't remember the flamingos. There are, there are three types of flamingos in the world, and the pink flamingo is actually the African flamingo. Did you know? No, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, there's the pink flamingo that stands on the one foot, the most famous one, that's actually the African flamingo, and hey, is this one spam? Oh my God. I've never wanted to, in my life, eviscerate a man's head into a blood mist as much as I did with this fellow. And then, I would take the pudding that and chunks of skull, and I would literally feed it to birds because I'm sure that's what he'd want. I, I'm, I'm sure I'd be doing him a, a, a service in that aspect. But yeah, he just he wouldn't stop talking to me about birds and then asking me to go through his spam filter. And I, I, I'm still having a rough time with it because it's he's it's only been like a week and a half since he came in the first time. I know, I know he's coming back. I don't know when, but that shadow of the Birdman. The spamming Birdman looms over me like a fucking death shadow. It's, it's, it's death in his shroud with his pointy bony finger pointing out and he'll just be like, Is this spam? Your time is coming to an end, Chad. Is this spam? Did you know that pelicans swallow their prey whole? Is this spam? Jesus Christ, it's that, that's a... I know it's happening. I know it's going to happen. The guy's going to come back, and I'm dreading that moment. He just, he wouldn't shut up about birds. Another thing I saw recently was, like, you know how, like, there are those people who just, they love camouflage so, so much that everything they have to have in their life is camouflage. They've got a camouflage hat, and they've got their camouflage like winter coat and their camo pants to go with it. And they've got those boots that are also, they're rubber boots for like hunting or being out in the woods, but they're also camouflage. And, you know, because they don't want, um, you know, the animals they're hunting to know they're coming, they have, their truck is all painted camouflage. Even though the exhaust on that truck is enough to fucking wake, loud enough to wake the dead, they, they don't want the animals to know they're coming, so they camouflage the truck by painting it camouflaged. And inside, you'll see that they've got camouflaged seats and, oh, they got that really nice camouflaged um, 
steering wheel cover uh, to go with uh, you know the camouflage seats and everything like that. This guy had a camouflaged um, baby seat in the back of his truck. Like it was one of those ones with like you know the four door cab, and in the back he obviously he had a baby seat, like you know the kind that you'd put like a newborn and like an infant in. And it was also camouflaged. And I thought to myself, it was just parked out in the park. I was going out for a smoke on my one of my smoke breaks, and it was just parked out there. And I looked in the window, and I saw the, the baby seat, and I saw that it was the same camouflage as his seat covers and the truck. And then I saw him coming out of Tropical Smoothie and pretty much everything he's wearing. I'm surprised he doesn't have his entire skin, all of his entire body just tattooed and camouflaged from head to toe. Um, you know, I guess he spent it all on the truck. But... He has he had a baby seat that was also camouflaged. And what level of pure douchebaggery do you have to have to do you have to attain basically to purposefully go and seek out a baby's safety seat that matches the camouflage of your truck? What what at what point do you say, "Oh man, man Linda, I know we got the baby on the way, but I will make sure it's safe. So I gotta go. I gotta get that baby seat. Oh well, you know what? Uh, there, uh, Gerald, we you can go up at, to to Babies or Us or on Amazon. You can get one of them real nice ones. It looks all cute for a baby. It's got toys and stuff hanging down. The baby can play with them while we're driving around. Fuck that shit, Linda. Don't you ever talk to me again with that whore mouth of yours. What we need to do is we need to get a baby seat. That's us camouflaged as the truck it will sit in so no one sees this baby coming. If anyone can see me driving around with the baby, then I ain't doing my job right. What, what Gerald, I don't, first off, I don't appreciate you calling me the whore, saying a whore mouth. You shut your whore mouth, Linda, you're right, I was out of line. Um, but you do realize there's no camouflage out there on the road, and you'd have to make the truck and the baby seat and you and the baby look like concrete or snow to be able to be camouflaged out there now. Linda, I swear to God, I will break your fucking jaw again. You talk to me like that. Now, you get up there on the Amazon. You go down and you fly South America, get that Amazon. You get me that camouflage seat for this baby. This child's going to be grow up right. You, you, you're, you're right, Gerald. I'm sorry. I was speaking out of line there. Do, do, do you want another beer? Of course I want another beer, woman. Jesus fucking Christ. What makes a person... I'm sorry. I kind of went off on a rant there. Um, what makes a person want... Like, actually want to go out and get a camouflage seat. And I'm not saying that he's that rednecky, but I can't imagine him not being. Um, but what, what makes a person go out and they're like, you know what, i got to get something for my kid. That way they're safe. I can put them and take them places in my truck and they'll be safe. Ooh, you see that one over there? That's all camouflaged. That's it. That one speaks to me. That one resonates with my heart soul. I can definitely see that being the seat and my kid's gonna thank me for it whenever he grows up to probably be a scholar like fucking Frazier so he's really gonna appreciate that I put him in that fucking camouflage seat as a child Jesus Christ speaking of Frazier um god I mean that's a throwback for most of my listeners there but uh you know I, I love Frazier but uh, speaking of Frazier um that reminds me you know how he was always kind of uh pompous and snobby about things that reminds me of the deli snob that we saw up at Walmart, um, who specifically had to have his meats sliced to perfection in a very, very specific way. Now, 
me and Ash and Anakin are at Walmart. We're grocery shopping, and we go over towards the deli to see if they had any, um, you know, any 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 baked goods, any sweet treats that we we might want to you know partake in that evening. And so we're over there, and there's one guy waiting to have meat sliced at the deli, and he is talking to the old lady that slices meat at the Walmart deli as if she should be working in some highly sophisticated fancy deli where they have all the most exclusive meats from around the world. And he says, and I'm quoting directly, you do know what the difference between chipped meat and shaved meat and somewhere between the two is, I'm hoping, because that's what I want, somewhere between the two. I don't want it quite chipped, because that would be too thin, but I don't want it quite shaved, because that would be too thick. It needs to be somewhere between the two. You understand what those are? He says, it to, he says to the 60-year-old woman working at the Walmart deli. She goes, yeah, I think so. He goes, ha, 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 Well, I would hope so, because if it's shaved, that's going to be too thick for my purposes. And if it's chipped, that's far too thin for what I need it for. He called himself a carnosaur. Yes, he did. Thank you, Ash. He called himself a meat connoisseur. He's a connoisseur of, de of chipped and sliced deli meats. And he had to make sure that this 60-year-old woman working at Walmart in their deli knew the difference between chipped meat, shaved meat, and, quote, as he put it, somewhere between the two. Because that's what he needed. <laughs> Between the two. <laughs> I'm a bit of a connoisseur of chipped, uh, shaved meats. If you don't, if you understand. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're such a fucking connoisseur, then why are you going to the deli at Walmart? How is that? How is that what you settled on? Were, were your regular places all out? Of, were, the, were the regular snobby delis all out of the meats you needed? Because if my ears heard correctly, and they did, you said you were getting honey ham. It's honey glazed ham. It's not, you weren't getting like elk, like shaved elk meat or fucking like, you know, fucking uh, freshly chipped baboon. You were getting fucking honey glazed ham that you can literally get at any deli you go to, period and claimed to be a connoisseur of meats. Keep in mind that this guy, it's, it's was probably like 20 degrees outside. This guy's wearing a pair of basketball shorts, those socks that go up over your knees that are like compression socks to like give you good blood flow, and just a plain gray t-shirt with nothing on it. So he's dressed like he grabbed random clothes out of the fucking sports section at Walmart. And then just walked over to the deli and decided to snob it up with the fucking 60-year-old lady over there. What kind of a douchebag are you? And why are you there at the deli? And, you know, I, I was going to say something, but I looked at my family and I'm like, no, I don't want to get into a fight in Walmart with this guy. I don't want to get into an argument with this fucking douche. Because, you know, the, I mean, why, why do you need to have your meat? Not chipped, not shaved, but somewhere in between the two. Because if it's not those, the shaved will not, as he quoted, will not, is not exactly what I need for my purposes. What are your fucking purposes with the honey ham? Are you jerking off into it?
Is it too thick and it will be noticeable? It won't taste right. You'll be able to taste the jizz if it's shaved. But chipped is too thin because then the jizz will leak down through the chipped meat. You need it somewhere between the two so that way it's just, just, just thick enough to maintain the jizz on it. But thin enough that you can just, you know, lather it in. Just, just smooth it right in there and eat your jizz sandwich. Because that's what I'm assuming you're eating. Just sandwich on a brioche bun with your somewhere just between the two shaved meats. Fucking asshole. I had another customer come into work. I feel like this is what I'm talking about is work. But don't worry, we're getting... After this, I'm going to get into three-word stories. I had another customer come into work uh, two days ago. And... This one, I think, takes the cake. He's not as... I'm, I'm going to admit, it's not quite up there with the fucking... Um, I told her to stop drinking her coffee out of a Ziploc bag. Or the um, spaghetti and meatballs guy. But it is up there. Is This guy comes into work the other day. And he comes up to me. And he goes, I think my phone is broken. I said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What, what, what makes you say that? He goes... Well, every time people call me, it makes this weird noise. I'm like, okay. He goes, here, get, get, get your phone. I'll, I grab the store phone. I'm like, let me call you. I call him, and it just does this. This is the sound it makes. Bear with me. This is the sound it makes. I'm like, no, that's your ringtone. He goes... It sounds like it's playing a ditty. Okay. Yeah. I'm used to phones that, you know, when they ring, they go, bring, 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 bring. That one sounds like it's playing a ditty. Yeah, no, that's it. That's the ringtone on these new phones. Oh, I didn't know what that was. Okay, so when your phone rang and people called you and you heard... You didn't know what it was? No. That, I'll tell you what, first time I heard it, I was looking around. It was scaring the shit out of me. Okay. So, to sum up, and keep this one brief, this man did not know what a ringtone was. He didn't know that his phone was ringing, and that was the sound that it was making. He was just scared and terrified. Because, it, you know, what? I'm tired of dumb people. I'm tired of fucking idiots. It's, it's, it's too much. It's too much for me. Alright, anyway. Moving on from work. I was recently looking forward to just having like a low-key night at home where I thought maybe I'd decompress by sipping on some Captain Morgan apple-spiced rum. Instead, I was forced to endure a one-sided conversation about body neutrality as was mansplained to me by none other than the Pillsbury Doughboy. Let me explain. I'd just gotten off a particularly hellish day of selling the iPhone 13 to entitled little shits who don't appreciate anything when I entered the living room of my home. And to my surprise, who was waiting for me? Not Ash, not Anakin, not my cats. The Pillsbury Doughboy was there. I'm like, what the fuck? Pillsbury Doughboy, what are you doing? He's just sitting on my couch, smoking a joint, and avoiding eye contact with my family. And then I'm like, what are you doing there? And he looked at me, and he just patted the, so the couch cushion next to him. 
I'm like, all right. And as soon as I sat down, he just launched into a rant about the unrealistic pressures of body positivity in the world we live in. I'm thinking, just my fucking luck. You probably don't know this, but body positivity can be really toxic, the Pillsbury Doughboys said to me angrily. And I'm like, yeah, no, I know. I generously asked about his experience with fad diets and their harmful effects on the liver, uh, to which he responded, I don't know, I'm made entirely of dough. I'm about 90% certain he muttered the word asshole after that under his breath before adding, so have you ever confronted your white privilege? At this point, I'm flabbergasted. Never had I imagined that such a beloved mascot could be so condescending while also expressing views that we are ultimately in complete agreement on. Um, also, I don't resent the Pillsbury Doughboy for his impressively neutral body image, but why did he have to rub it in so hard is what I'm wondering. He was clothed only in a chef's hat and a neckerchief, both of which are also made of dough. And if I showed up to anything dressed like the way he dresses, I would shock absolutely nobody that knows me, and then I would be asked to leave before being promptly arrested on the streets. How hard can it be to feel, at the very least, neutral about a body made entirely out of dough? 8 to 12 minutes at 350 degrees, and suddenly, he's a mouth-watering sugar cookie. Not all of us are born with that kind of body privilege. So maybe he should think about that before he starts showing up at people's homes, smoking weed, and spouting off at the mouth. Listen, I'm completely open to all sorts of conversation and differing opinions. But I draw the line at being mansplained things by a person made out of croissant mix. Maybe if the Pillsbury Doughboy had acted a little more like a, like a Pillsbury Dough man, we could have had an in-depth conversation about unjust societal expectations for those whose bodies are constantly under public scrutiny in a time when we're also being told that everyone is beautiful. But instead, he acted like a little Pillsbury dough bitch. So, if you, my avid listener, ever come face to face with the Pillsbury Doughboy, I highly recommend ducking out of that situation as soon as possible. Uh, he did, however, have some interesting things to say about the thorny politics of desire in a culture that wants uh, polices and commodifies sexuality. So, you know, go figure. I don't know. Anyway, I also want to tell you about, um, I was looking into cryptids, like, you know, like Bigfoot and uh, the Mothman and stuff like that. And for the most part, it's all the ones that we already know about. Yeah, there's the Mothman, there's Bigfoot. Uh, the Jersey Devil and stuff like that. But did you know that the wonderful state of Florida, the Sunshine State, has got its very own version of Bigfoot because they can't share Bigfoot with anybody else. They have to have their own. Um, and they've got their own Bigfoot. And it isn't uncommon for different regions around the world to have myths surrounding a Bigfoot-type creature, as I said. But leave it to Florida to have their own Sasquatch that only lives in their state, won't go outside the state lines. And it's known as the Skunk Ape, which is an appropriately gross name for a swamp-dwelling cryptid. According to what I found out, in its appearance, the Skunk Ape looks about how you'd expect a regular Bigfoot to look. 
It's covered in hair, about eight feet tall, 500 pounds, walks on two legs. You know, very, very much the regular Bigfoot, except for it has its most noticeable trait and identifying feature. This is also where the skunk part comes from its name, is that, oh yeah, it lives in the uh, swamps of the Florida Everglades and just smells like shit all the time. Because why the fuck not? The origins of the skunk, skunk ape are, at least according to true skunk ape believers, go back to the indigenous beliefs of Florida. Which, you know, I didn't know there was indigenous Floridians, but then again, we're talking about a state where people eat, uh, eat baths or sm- snort bath salts and eat people's faces. So what am I talking, how, how would I know? Um, apparently, if you follow it back, all the way back, the Seminoles had legends of the Esti Kapkaki, or the Tall Man who would later earn a less flattening name, Skunk Ape. Um, And in the 1970s, the popularity of the Skunk Ape in Florida just took off, but only in Florida, um, because that was around the same time that Bigfoot um, got, like, really famous with that, you know, alleged photo. So today, 2022, the legend of the Skunk Ape is kept alive largely by... uh, one by a man named Dave Sheely, a lifelong resident of the area. Sheely first uh, said he encountered the, the skunk ape as a young boy. He, sub- he subsequently has also said he's had many other uh, skunk ape encounters. Not sightings, by the way, encounters. As if the skunk ape and him are seeking each other out and they, like, chill together. Um, you know, regardless... Sheely also happens to own the Skunk Ape Research Headquarters in um, Florida. It's an attraction. It's not a real research facility, by the way. Uh, It features evidence of the Skunk Ape's existence, including a footprint and a photograph that he took in the 70s. This is a point that most Skunk Ape skeptics, and more specifically Dave Sheely skeptics, often focus on as his property includes, also includes the research center and campgrounds where you can learn about the skunk ape. It also happens to be located near the National uh, Preserve down there, which Sheely has outwardly said is a big competitor of his. So, you know, it makes me wonder. Now, here's what I really want to do. I want to find out more about the skunk ape myself. I want to go down to Florida talk to Dave Sheely, possibly on this podcast, and discuss this regular, average, everyday Bigfoot who apparently got drunk one night, stumbled into Florida, fell through an outhouse, and now just lives in the fucking woods. Just lives in the swamps down there, stinking like shit. That's what he does. I need to talk to this man. I need to find out more about this skunk ape. That said... It's time for three word stories. And I want to thank the listeners who gave us their three words. That being Mike D, Billy Hibbert, Bill Sines, and Leif Hustleby. We'll start with Mr. D. Mike gives me the words foreskin, care bears, and hyperinflation. Alright. Once upon a time, as the sun set low in the east. I awoke to the shrill sound 
of Care Bears tearing off each other's foreskin. How did this begin? I ran outside. Huggy Bear and Grumpy Bear were ripping at each other's foreskin, furiously in a rage, screaming at one another, You're wrong! You're wrong! Whoa, gentlemen, let's release the foreskin for a moment, said I, and let's discuss what this uh, argument is about. Well, I was talking to uh, Huggy Bear about the hyperinflation going on in America, and he disagrees with me. Well, unfortunately, he's entitled to his own opinion. That's whenever they started tearing up my foreskin. The end. Mike D., that's your story. Billy Hibbert, you gave me the words junk, wax, and lips. All right. I'd just come out of the opera. The night's air was cool, and I could see my breath hanging for but a moment in it. I had removed the wax lips I had been wearing, and as is standard opera attire, and placed them down, not into my pocket, but into my pants, beneath the underwear, down around my junk, to keep them warm. There was another opera coming up. I was off to see Deflator Mouse, and I needed my wax lips in best condition. There you go. That's your story. Billy Signs gave me the words shoes, polygon, and turtle. Monday, 6 a.m. I awoke with a bad hangover. Sparse memories flooded back to me, but not all of them. I could tell I had caused trouble, but what had I done? I looked down at my new shoes. They were missing. Well, at least one of them was. In its place, I was now wearing a turtle that I had strapped there with some rubber bands. I reached into my pocket and pulled out a business card and a scrap of paper. I unfolded the scrap of paper. If you want your polygon back, meet me at this address or else. There you go. There's your story. Leaf. Leaf, leaf, leaf. You gave me blowjobs, clown porn, and brownies. I assume you meant brownies as in the uh, pastry uh, and not the uh, little girl um, version of the Boy Scouts. So I'm going to go with that version instead because it's a, uh, you know, no, fuck it. Fuck it. I'm going, bra- Leaf, I'm going brownies is in the female version, the, the Girl Scouts, you know. Blowjobs, clownborn, and brownies. Why not? If I'm going to dig this grave, I might as well sleep in it. <sighs> I had just gotten done giving three blowjobs to a man named Henry, who insisted I do it while wearing a curly red wig. He was into clown porn. I knew not why. He shuddered, and I grimaced, awaiting the final splough on my face. Go clean yourself up, he said to me in a Brooklyn accent. As I walked from his living room towards the shower, the doorbell rang. Ding dong! I opened the door. There stood before me two brownies 
Hi, do you want to buy cookies? I do. I do want to buy cookies, I said. The end. <laughs> There's your three-word stories, folks. I hope you guys enjoyed them. Um, that last one's going to get me in trouble. Uh, okay, I guess that's it. That makes a good episode. Uh, welcome to 2022, everybody. Um, thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for listening. Um, of course, check out a fireside chat hosted by our good friend Ryan McCormick, available on Libsyn. Check out Case in Point, hosted by Justin Case on Audioboom. Check out McSauce, the comic book podcast by, hosted by Ian, Paul, and Matt over there on Podomatic. Be good to each other, be nice, and as always, cue the fucking bear music. Oh,